All right. So continuing on in uh, in Ein Yaakov. It doesn't look like Gemara, but uh, it's Ein Yaakov. So anyway, so the sugis that we've been uh, learning about. <clears throat> so really since, um, you know, I, I guess really to a certain degree from the beginning of Masech that's been talking about day and night, different zmanim and different avoidas to do at different times. So just to pick up from where the Gemara was, ended off last time. So the last topic of the Gemara was talking about Dov Melch in particular and his, his, uh, his daily schedule, when he would wake up in the morning, when he would start his day. And the last thing we, we learned about was, you know, uh, some of the, you know, some of the types of uh, national security things that would come to the desk of David Melch Mamish right away in the morning, even before, you know, Mamish at the beginning of sunrise. And the Pasuk that the Gemara has been sort of revolving around and been discussing was the Pasuk that Dovnach says, that Dovnach says that at midnight I get up to serve you, Hashem. I get up to praise you, Hashem. And the Gemara talked about that Pasuk in the context of when Dovnach would wake up and what does it mean, does it mean learning, does it mean davening. But that was the Pasuk that the Gemara was talking about. So the Gemara continues on Dovdalad and Aleph, so that's the first Moroccan you have, Sort of again, in the style of the Gemara, the Gemara always like sort of weaves one topic into another topic with like a thread connecting the two. So the Gemara continues to talk about another aspect of Davra Melech and somehow connected to that Pasuk of Chatzais Laila, Akum Lezlecha, that Davra says, I get up at midnight to serve you, Hashem. So we'll see the Gemara continues with this. So the Gemara quotes like this The Gemara quotes the Pasuk in Tehillim. Davra Melech says in Tehillim, I think it's Chafhei, the Pasuk says, La David. It's a capital for Davin and Melech. Davin Melech says, Shomer Nafshi. He's Davin to Hashem. Hashem, protect my soul, protect me from all my enemies. Ki ani, because I'm a chasid. That's what the Pasuk says. So the Gemara now has a machlekes, or two different aspects, uh, Levi and Rabbi Yitzchak, what exactly made David a chasid? What, what hanhaga, what, uh, what minig did David have that would classify him as a chasid? So the Gemara says like this, Levi of Rabbi Yitzchak. It's Machlok is Levi and Rabbi Yitzchak. Chad Omar, one says, This is what David is hinting to, to Hashem when he calls himself a chassid. Rabbi Shalai, the master of the universe. Loi chassid, I mean, am I not a chassid? What makes me a chassid? Every other king from the east and the west, all civilized world, they sleep three hours into the day. So they're not getting up Forget, forget before sunrise. They're not getting up so early. Three hours in, they're sleeping. Vani, but, but me, Davnach says, I get up at midnight. That's the Pasuk that connects it to the previous Sogia. So that's one opinion. We don't know who said which, Levi or Yitzchak, but that's what it means to be a chassid. It means that Davnach is saying that I'm waking up mamish before any other kings way, way early. So that makes me a chassid. So Shavar Nafshi, you should protect me, Hashem, because I'm a chassid. The Yidach and the other opinion says the following description, the following minute that makes David a chassid. This is what David Melch was saying to Hashem. Rabbi the master of the universe. Am I not a chassid? What makes me a chassid? That all the other kings, again, of the civilized world, east and west, they're sitting, even when they are awake, they're sitting relaxing, more than relaxing, in a state of honor and ego, just uh, having the courts in front of them. They're just, they're just sitting there. But me... Not only am I working, but I'm, and for your sake, for doing mitzvahs and learning, but I'm uh, involved in things that are beneath anyone's covet, especially a king. 
But me, on the other hand, my hands are bloody, are, are, are full of blood. In other words, dealing with the halachas of, of nida and, and the nyanim like that to allow husbands and wives to be together. Which is, uh, and I don't, I don't, I'm not, and I'm not mocked, but I'm not covered that I shouldn't be involved with such things. That's what I'm willing to do. And not only am I willing to be involved with such inyanim between a husband and wife, every psak that I, that I say, whether, you know, uh, you know, Tomei, Tahar, whatever it is, I always have, I'm, I'm, I'm humble enough to ask a question of my Rebbe, whether I said correctly, his Rebbe, Mephibayshas, and Mephibayshas Rebbe, and I would tell my Rebbe, I said, Mephibayshas Rebbe, Yavadanti, that I passed incorrectly, Yavachiyavti, Yavazachisi, Yavataharti, Yavatamesi, I'm not embarrassed to ask. That's the Gemara. So these are the two opinions. What makes David a chassid? Again, either the fact that he wakes up way earlier than any other king, or the fact that he's willing to get involved with things that are not so bakavadik, but it's for the sake of learning, for the sake of mitzvah, and so on. And even with that, he's humble enough to ask his rabbi whether he said it correctly or not. So, okay, these are the two opinions, Levi versus Rabbi Yitzchak. What's the, what's the Nakuda? So Rav Kook, in his commentary to Agatha, says, you don't have it in front of you. But uh, Rav Kook explains that this is the point. The, 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 the essential nakud over here that both opinions are, are agreeing on is that the definition of chassid is someone that is meiser nefesh, mesiris nefesh. Mesiris nefesh, that's what it means to be a chassid. The difference between the two opinions is are we focusing on the physical discomfort, physical mesiris nefesh, or more, um, uh, I'm not say emotional, but 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 you know, a person's be meiser nefesh in one's dignity, be meiser nefesh physically, or be meiser nefesh more uh, emotionally, and so on. So, in fact, Rav Cook actually he's mitzayin to Yerushalmi. There's Yerushalmi Maseches Demai. That's it's negated to other topics, but the Yerushalmi over there has a machlekes whether physical suffering or. Uh, what's the word? I can't find the, the right word. A person's uh, ego getting hit. Uh, you know, uh, you know, bizayin, uh, uh, whether bushes, you know, embarrassment. Is, embar- is, is, is embarrassment more painful, so to speak? Or is physical discomfort more painful? It's actually Machlaikis, the Gemara Yishami. The topic of why the Gemara talks about that is not for now. But says Rav Kook, that's the, that, that's the Machlaikis over here. In other words, you know, the, the chasid means to be Maishu Nefesh. So, and was calls himself a chassid. So, what is the mysterious nefesh that we're focusing on? So, one opinion is that we're focusing on the physical mysterious nefesh waking up way early, more than any other king. And the other one is focusing on the bizyoinus and the busha and the 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 the, the, the willing to be to, to give of one's power and one ego up for the sake of Hashem. And that's the second opinion that he's willing to get involved with with uh, halachic shayels that maybe are not so bakavadi for a king. And more than that, he's willing to go speak to his rabbi to see if he said it correctly or not. So that's all the humility and the mysterious nefesh of one's covet. That's the, that's the two things that we're talking about over here. Okay, that's what, that's what Darunach is saying. Is a false face. Yeah. I assume he took, he, he, he took his test and he passed and he didn't have Right, right, right. He was an official post. Right. So when you make an opinion, are you supposed to then go around and shop it to you? Know, I mean, if you're not sure, you should. Right. Are you sure enough to make a judgment? So what's the Indian of going to his rabbi? The truth is right, because he doesn't say the language of the Gemara is in the past tense. In other words, did I pass incorrectly? So he's not bringing the question to his rabbi, he's passing. 
and right. he's just going back and, and, uh, and saying that. You get a tough one. Yeah, yeah, then you go. And obviously, tough one you go with, but right. most of them... Evidently, the Gemara seems to be saying that this is considered a mile. In other words, a mile of Dovnoch's humility is that every single thing he considered to be severe. And so much so that he's, he has to pass, and it's up to him, but he's willing to go. That's that's not what you see. It's interesting. <clears throat> okay, so to appreciate a little bit more the Pneumius of this Nakuda, because again, Dovn Melch, again, let, let, let's get the context of what the Pasuk is talking about. Dovn Melch is saying, Shomer Nav Shigichasanani. That Kapitel Tilim, in the larger context, is talking about, like many Kapitel Char, is talking about Dovn Melch as a king. As a Melech, there's a lot of enemies and, 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 and people that are trying to take him down. And so Dovn Melch is asking, Dovn Melch is Shomer Nav protect my soul. Dovn Melch is speaking not as an individual person, but he's speaking as a. Uh, the, the, the threat to his life that he's talking about are threats to him mitzah the fact that he's a king. And so David Melch is saying that my malchus should be protected because of my chesidus, because of my, because of the fact that I'm a chassid and I'm a maestro nefesh. Again, whatever the mysterious nefesh is physically or in his ego. But that inyan, so this is what we have to figure out a little bit more to get a, a little bit more of the oymek of what exactly is David Melch trying to say. Now, David Melch is, is creating a... a, a, a um, He's creating a formula over here that in order to, for him, for his malchus to have a schus, that it should be protected from his enemies, the formula to res- that results, the ingredients that, that are necessary to result in a strengthening of his malchus is his mysterious nefesh, it is him being a chassid. Now the truth is, again, a little bit on this side, I'm not sure if we're, we're going to see, maybe we'll get into this, we'll see if we have time, but... Um, but the fact that, you know, when you say the word chassid, so nowadays, post-Bal Shemta, the word, they sort of, uh, you know, they sort of, you know, you know own that term, chassid, by people, in people's minds. That's not a coincidence. And we're going to see this definition of chassid is deeply connected to the fundamentals of Tarsa Chassidus and what it means to be a chassid, according to the Bal Shemta too. Huh? You're going beyond what you can. That's the context of the Gemara, Mesir's Nefesh, to an extreme. <clears throat> so, in other words, but, but again, a little bit on the side, again, we'll go back into this. It's also not a coincidence, therefore, that, that Hasidus sort of reintroduces the Indian of Malchus to the Jewish people. Before, obviously, the Gemara says already, Man Malki Rabbanan, that Chachamim have a status of a Melech to a certain degree, but, have, but going around with, uh, you know, back in the day, like white horses. And Gaboyim and a whole, you know, what's even what's even called a malchus, right? That 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 that's a that's a, a, a it's a relatively modern phenomenon, the matter from a couple hundred years ago from the Baal Shem Tev, which which obviously created a lot of, you know, uh, questions from people that were not from the from a Hasidic bend of like what's going on over here, what type of malchus, you know, what's this is in returning malchus. But what we do find is such a thing is that when there is a reinforcing of what it means to be a chassid. That results in a strong malchus. That's what Rambam is saying. Shomer Navshi, protect my malchus. because I'm a chassid. This is what we have to learn. What exactly is that connection? What does Mesiris Nefesh have to do with strengthening malchus, and, and how how deep does that go? Okay, so in order to uh, to get into this, yeah. Yeah. Meaning both uh, Levi, the two yeah, opinions of Gemara. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mesir, right, Mesir's Nefesh. One's in front of Hashem and one's in front of man, maybe. 
yeah, yeah, to a certain degree, that's like that. All Messias Nefesh, which means going beyond, like you said, going beyond your borders and your limitations. Even on the outside, it might seem like the person is with strength. And it's rooted in, in, in humility. It's rooted in that bittel, which is deeply connected to Malchus. The Gemara says that uh, one of the halachas of, of, of Malchus based of it, one of the halachas of a king was, is that when he bound, bowed down by Shmanesi, Baruch Atta, he had to remain like that, didn't get up. So bittel is a, is a major component in a healthy malchus. So, so we're going to see, we're going to learn a little about this more, this quality of Mesir Snefesh and Avayda Sashem. Okay, so in Marmokka number two, so this is a, we'll learn a couple pieces from the Rambam in Hilchas Malachim, and we'll see where this takes us in Halacha. <clears throat> a little bit of background. So we know that the, the, one of the mitzvahs in the Torah, it's one of the last mitzvahs recorded in Chumash, I think the 612th, is the mitzvah of Ksiva Sefer Torah. That every single Jew has a mitzvah to write, to own a Sefer Torah. Every single Jew has a mitzvah to write, to own, to, to, to write one, to own one. The luck of, uh, of having a Sefer Torah. So that's, that we know already. Comes the Rambam in Hilchas Molochim, in Paragimel Halacha Aleph. And the Wars of Kings over there, the Rambam introduces us to a new, to a new mitzvah or another halacha, which is the following. When a king is established and he sits on the throne, in other words, his malchus is already established, he has to write for himself a Sefer Torah. Besides the Sefer that he might have from his ancestors, he has to have a special Torah. In other words, there's a regular halach that every yid has to have a Sefer Torah. Says the Rambam, he's coming based on Gemaras, but the Gemara tells us the tradition is, is that a melech has to have a second one. So there's a one Sefer Torah a Melech has because he's a regular Jew. And there's a special Sefer Torah that he has because he's a Melech. And that's what Ram is saying over here. Specific halachas about how this Sefer Torah is written. We know that whenever a Sefer writes a Sefer Torah, the halach is, he can't write uh, by memory. Even if the guy has a good memory, he's not allowed to write a Sefer Torah by memory. He has to always have another Sefer to be uh, referencing from. So usually when he's writing a Sefer Torah, he can use any, any other Sefer Torah to be uh, the reference. Over here, for this Sefer Torah that a king has, the additional one, the, the Sefer that's writing it has to use the Sefer that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote that was stored in the, in the, base, in the, in the base of Migdash. That's the Sefer that he would have to use as a, as a reference. It's called the Sefer Hazara, the Sefer that's stored in the Hazara. Al pibesen shoshim v'echad and the scribe, the cipher that was uh, writing the Sefer Torah to be assigned and designated by the Bezdin, by the Sanhedrin HaGadol. So this is uh, definitely a special Sefer Torah. Now, says the Raman further, And if, let's say, for some reason, at this point in his life, he doesn't have a private Sefer Torah that he had just Stam as a regular Jew, then find he has to have two. One regular one, and one, uh, you know, deluxe Sefer Torah because he's a king. The first Sefer Torah that he has as a regular Jew, he could keep in a storage house where he keeps all of his private stuff. The second Sefer Torah that he has as a king, cannot move from, from his presence. It always has to be with him. The only places that he doesn't bring the Sefer Torah with him is obviously places that it's not a Kavadik or a Sefer Torah, a bathroom, a bathhouse, and so on. But any other place, it goes with him. He goes to war. The Sefer Torah is with him. He goes into this house, that room. The Sefer Torah is always with him. He's on a Bezdin and he's dealing with the Dintara, whatever the case may be. The Sefer Torah is with him. 
even if he's lying down or sitting, so he can't, he's not lying down with the Sefer Torah, but the Sefer Torah is next to him, it has to be next to him, Shinemar, and this is all based on a Pasuk, it says in Pasuk regarding the king, the Sefer Torah should be with him, and he should read it the whole days of his life. So again, the simple reading of the Pasuk, when you read just Kipshuta, it just means the Torah should be with the king, you shouldn't, uh, you know, you should always remain from but Chazal understood that this is meaning, this is re- introducing us to a new mitzvah. There's another Sefer Torah that the king has, besides being a regular citizen. The Hayse, not only a new Sefer Torah, it has to mamash, be with him the whole time. The Karba he should read it all the days of his life. In other words, what does it mean that he should read it all the days of his life? So in this, in this halacha, the Rambam, again, based on the Gemara, is interpreting, it doesn't mean that he's literally reading it all every single second, but it means it's a, it, that, that last edition of the Pasuk, that he should read it the whole days of his life, is qualifying what it means when the Sefer Torah is with him. It means, it, when, should, in, when should it be with him? It should be with him, at least in moments and times, where it's a possibility for him to read from it. In other words, which is basically everywhere, except for a bathroom, a bathhouse, and things like that. Any other space, any other area, where at least it's possible that he could read from it, that the Sefer Torah has to be with him. That's the halacha that the, the Ram is introducing, again, in the beginning of Parakimel in Hilchus Malacha. Fine. Now, a little bit later on, in that same parak, the Rambam then goes on to sort of circle back to this mitzvah of having the second Sefer Torah, but gives a more, um, a, a sort of an additional layer to this mitzvah. The layer that we just learned is very physical. <laughs> literally, he has a second Sefer Torah, and just goes with him wherever he goes. That's a Pasuk V'ahaysi, The Rambam, a little bit later on, gives a deeper level of interpretation of that pasuk, which is also an obligation, but it's a deeper level. It says Ram Halacha in, in Marmokka number three, this is Halacha Hay and Halacha Vav. So the Ram, he starts off not talking about this, this Sefer Torah directly, but you'll see where, where it's coming from. It says the Ram like this, HaMelech Aser Lishtais Derech Shekras. says the Ram Manu Halacha, when the king is sitting down to a meal, the, the, to a meal, the king has to be very careful not to drink too much wine. Not to drink too much wine. Now, no Jew is allowed to sit down, stand to get drunk. That's a, that's a nisser. That's, that's for sure aser. So we're talking about uh, drinking and, you know, one l'chaim, another l'chaim, he's not getting drunk. But he's not, he's not being super cautious to make sure that he's always, that he's uh, 100%, you know, on point. Uh, such, a, such a thing for an average person wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. However, you're having a meal. And uh, you have a couple cups of wine. You're not tipsy, but it means that you're not 100% uh, able to uh, drive. Okay, it's not the biggest, uh, you know. Says the Rambam, for a king, that's Mamash Aser. Not just to become, derech shikras. In a way of, of just a little bit more excess. In a way that that uh, person, you know, his, his guard is down. That's something that the king is not allowed to do. Shinemar. It says in Pasuk, Al-Malachim Shesu that a king should not drink wine. It doesn't mean he's not allowed to drink wine. It means he shouldn't drink wine in, in a way that, let, that lets his guard down, that makes him a little bit more you know, uh, free and, and so on, and, uh, less inhibited. That a king is not allowed to do. Ella, rather, says the Rambam, so what should the king do? I mean, what should the king do? Just don't drink. So no. Ella, rather the king sh- should be involved in Torah and in Tzarchi Tzibur and Tzarchi Yisrael day and night. Like the Pasuk says, the Sefer should be with him and he should read all the days of his life. So you see already, the Ramam is taking this Pasuk and giving a deeper level of interpretation. It doesn't just mean having a Sefer Torah. 
In Halacha Aleph, we saw this Pasuk, and it meant just have a Sefer Torah next to him. So he could have a meal, and he could be drinking, you know, and having a good time with the Chavra, and, you know, sort of allowing him, his guard to, to be down a little bit. The Sefer was there. Says the Rabbi, no, no, no. The Pasuk, that, 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 that's fulfilling a certain level of the Pasuk. The deeper level of interpretation is that his mind should be focused on Taira and on Tzarech Yisrael. The Kar by Kalei and he should be in that state. The Raman continues, the chain, similarly, the same, the same basic concept, lo yishatav b'nashem. Even, we know the, the, the king has a certain level, a certain limitation of how many wives he's allowed to have, but assuming he only has one wife, or whatever the, the normal thing is, he shouldn't be preoccupied with, with his wife. Afil even if he only has one wife. Lo tipshem. He shouldn't be mamish, um, you, know, all, you know, so much with his wife like other fools. Okay, you know, that's the Raman says that, you know, fine, anyway, without uh, going into too much detail about that, there's such a thing. So the Raman says that uh, he shouldn't be like a fool like that, and, you know, obviously he has mitzvahs of honoring his wife and so on, but uh, more than that, his mind should not be completely focused on, on his wife and so on. We're talking about physically, Shinemar, it says in Pasuk, don't give, the, talking to the king, don't give all your strength and your mental and emotional strength to your wife. Again, the similar idea. Why? Because again, we want his to, his his focus to be Taira and Ansarcha Yisrael because of the pasuk. Again, Vaisim of a Karbai Kli says the Ram. The Ram goes further. Alasaris the 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 deeper level of interpretation of that pasuk of the Sefer Taira is Hasaris Libai. We don't want his heart to be to be derailed from focusing on his on his on his on his job. His heart shouldn't become derailed. And so the Ramah gives these two examples of situations that make a person's heart become less focused on, on their mission and become a little bit uh, lax in that. It could be through eating and drinking, like wine, or preoccupation with one's wife and marital affairs, and, you know, situations and things like that, that also makes a person uh, less focused and less intense. So that's the, these two things that the king has to be very careful with. The heart of the king is the heart of the people. This is why, therefore, the, tarah, the, 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 the Pasuk obligates the king's heart to be more focused on Taira than it is by other people. Okay, so... So the Ram is again telling us in this halacha that there's, again, like, I, like I've been saying, a deeper level of interpretation of this chiv, which is that his, that his, fo- his complete focus should be on, uh, on Torah. And the Ram ends off more so than, that, than the average person. In other words, the way it's explained, the way the Rambam explained, we'll see in a second, the way it's pretty much clear in the Rambam, is that every single Jew obviously has a mitzvah Talmud Torah. He has a mitzvah to learn. Every single male has a mitzvah Talmud Torah. And that's true for everyone. This pasuk of the deeper level of interpretation is, is that there's a more intense obligation of Talmud Torah for the king than there is for anyone else. And that's what the Rambam is ending off, that the heart of the king is the heart of the people. Therefore the Torah attached the heart of the king to Torah more than anyone else. In other words, every Jew's heart is supposed to be attached to Torah. That's the mitzvah Talmud Torah, the gisa b'yom v'layla. But there's an additional level of intensity that the king has to have in the mitzvah Talmud Torah more than anyone else. And so much so that he's not allowed to uh, have any, have loyos uh, his head, his heart cannot be allowed to go astray because of this additional level of, 
mitzvah Talmud Torah that the king has over anyone else. So what we have to now figure out for the next couple minutes is to pinpoint what exactly is this additional chiv. Because, I mean, let, let me give a little bit of a background. When it comes to the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, so, you know, so uh, we know there's a very, very famous, uh, you know, uh, the many achronim make this point. In the Rishonim, it's not as clear, but by the Vilna in the many achronim, they make the following point. When, when it comes to the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, so, like, how many hours of the day do you have to learn to fulfill your obligation? Is it a middle of the morning, a little bit of night, all day long, how do you do it? So the way the Vilna and others explain is as follows. Basically, it's every single moment of every single day. It's just that the way the gedder of the Mitzvah Talmud Torah is set up is that we understand, the Torah understands that you also have to make a living and you also have to take care of your physical needs and your emotional needs and uh, you have to be able to function as a person. So the way that the, the gedder, the way the, the, the formula of the Mitzvah Talmud Torah is set up is that you have to learn at any free moment you have. What does it mean, a free moment? Well, it means times that you're not working, times that you're not, that you're not needed uh, for mitzvahs, times that you're not needed for other things that you can't... Any, any moment that you have nothing else to do, you learn. That's the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. So the basic mitzvah of Talmud Torah for every single Jew pretty much covers any spare moment you have. And moments that are not spare are not spare. So the question that the Acharim deal with is, so what is this deeper level, this intensive intensity of the mitzvah of Talmud Torah for a king? I mean... In terms of, again, if there's a spare moment, then every average Jew has to learn. And if it's not a spare moment because the king is busy with his job or with mitzvahs or with whatever the situation in life brings him, so okay, so then, then of course, everyone's going to agree that the king uh, has to take care of other things as well. Mm-hmm. So what, what exactly is the scenario where everyone else's Talmud Torah says, don't worry about it, and the king's Talmud Torah says, no, no, you have to learn. So we assume, we assume that it's midaraisa. Most Akharinim assume that it's a giloid that's deraisa. Yeah, yeah. That's what we assume. That's what, most assume. That's what, that's what we most, mostly assume. <clears throat> so that's, that's the first question. What exactly is the, the gather of it? That's number one. Number two, another thing which we'll only get to a little bit later on, if you take a look, going back to the language of the Rambam in Marmukkah number three, so where the Rambam said, yes, yeah, so let, let's, let's take a look at, um, again, let, let's see, let's see Marmukkah number three, the first couple lines again. Again, the Rambam said, HaMelech Asr Lishtai again, the king is not allowed to, uh, you know, get himself preoccupied with drinking. Shnemar, El Melachim Shisuyayin, Eliyah Isaac B'Tayro B'Tzarchi so rather the king should be involved in Torah study and in Tzarchi Yisrael, the Yom Velayla day and night. Shnemar V'Hoisa Ima V'Kar B'Kali Mechaev. See, here's the question. The Rambam said that the, the, the king should be preoccupied with two things, Torah and Tzarchi Yisrael. And the Pasuk that he quotes is a Pasuk that seems to be only talking about Torah. So the, so the question is, how, how from the Pasuk, does the Rambam see that his preoccupation should be with Torah and Tzarchi Yisrael? So you can say, well, listen, Tzarchi Yisrael, obviously that's the king's job, that's what it means to be a king. So Torah, the, the, that he should have a second a focus, uh, an, an intensification of his focus of learning, that's the Pasuk, mm-hmm. but the, the, this, the Hemshech of the Rambam doesn't seem to flow like that. The Rambam should have said, mm-hmm. rather the king's focus should be, and also Tzarek Yisrael, because that's what it means to be a king. The Rambam said his focus should be Torah, and Tzarek Yisrael, Shanemar. Sounds like this Pusik tells us both things. Where in this Pusik do you see anything about Tzarchi Yisrael? Again, like I said, it's obvious he has to be involved with Tzarchi Yisrael. He's a, he's a melech, that's his job. 
But where does this Pasuk tell us anything uh, about Tzarech Yisrael? Okay, so, so these are the two, two problems with the Ram. Again, so let, let, let's go back to the first question, which is, so what exactly is this, uh, technically, what is this intensification of the Mitzvah Talmud Torah that the king has over anyone else? So take a look at Maramok number four. This is a piece from Evan Ozel. <coughs> so um, Evan Ozel in his commentary to the Rambam, so uh, Mrs. Alan Meltzer, so he writes like this. He asks this question, Venera. Again, the question he's dealing with is this. What, again, the basic mitzvah Talmud Torah for every Jew tells you that any spare moment you have to learn. So what, and if it's not a spare moment, then it's not a spare moment anyway. So what exactly is the mitzvah Talmud Torah for a king? Any, 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 how, how could it be more intense than that? Venera. So says the Rivisa Zalman like this. The Khan Anudanin Be'isra HaMelech Lishtais. Says Rivisa Zalman, look at the context of the Rambam. The Rambam is talking about a specific new thing that a king should not sit down to a meal and have a few lachaims. Like we're not talking about getting drunk. We're talking about drinking where you, where you get, maybe you let your guard down and once your guard is down, you'll, you'll start having more conversation, schmoozing longer and maybe you'll get a slight headache and, and you'll have to take a nap later that day. Or the Ramana's other, the other example was to be preoccupied with one's wife, and that takes up time as well. So it says the Rambam like this, it says the verse is on like this, Venir Khan Anadonim Israel Melech Lishtai. The Rambam here is introducing us to a new thing, that the king is not allowed to sit down to a meal with, with a lot of drinking. Even though technically, let's say he had a long day, and he wants to have a nice uh, long uh, meal with his friends, with, uh, with a, a crack open, an expensive bottle of wine. Again, nothing, uh, we're not talking about the mamish getting drunk, but he wants to, to be able to just uh, sort of unwind after a long day. The Chaim Ba'alachavav, where the next halacha that the Ram mentioned, Shoetz Lesanig, where he wants to you know, spend more time with his wife and so on. Again, the concern is, you spend, you know, you know, unwinding from a long day, whether it be with your friends or with a, with a wife, so it'll, it'll, it'll lead to, to taking away from time from learning. Again, from these two examples. Now says Ravizah now think about this. Would this be permitted for a regular Jew? Would this be a violation of Talmud Torah? Would this be called Bittal Torah? The answer is, Eina Aser. That wouldn't be a problem. If a person comes home from a long day and they're all super wound up and it's been very, very stressful. They want to sit down to have a more relaxed meal and maybe uh, get some chavr together to just like a little bit unwind or spend some time, extra time with the wife to unwind. No one the right moment, that wouldn't be bitl tyra. That's, that's necessary for a person's uh sinefesh and yishavadas. That's not bitl tyra. I technically, you know, it might lead to a few more minutes. Uh, okay, that, that, that's what you need. That's, that's what you need. That'll be fine. Says the Rambam, for a king, that's aser. And says Rav Zaman, and this is the gedder of Talmud Torah that the king has over anyone else, which is Mesiris Nefesh. That the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, the, the type of learning that everyone has to fulfill for the average Jew, is you learn uh, when you have time. What does it mean you have time? What's considered time that you, that you need personally? What's considered a uh, normal and a healthy uh, average person? There's no obligation. You can't say an average Jew is obligated to be Moiser Nefesh and to push themselves beyond what's normal, what's considered to be healthy on a human level for the sake of Talmud Torah. It's Madragas. But you can't say Tzachiv. Comes to a king, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah for a king is different, is that the mitzvah of Talmud Torah for a king demands Mesiris Nefesh. Arkadekach, that the average person would say, I, I, you know, I, I, I need this. I need this for my own mental health. For a king, he also needs it for his mental health. But he has to push himself. Mesiris Nefesh. Says the Ravis, it's on like this. 
for a regular person, what's considered Bittal Torah? To, to be Mavat Torah for no good reason. That, that's considered Bittal Torah. But for a king, for an average person, when he's, when he's being Mavat Torah for no good reason, that's called Bittal Torah. But, for, for, but if there's a good, legitimate reason, Okay, then that's, that's fine. For a king, even if it's a legitimate reason, if it's, not, if it's not absolutely necessary for him not to learn, he has to learn. I mean, he has to be meister nefesh for learning. That's the gedder that the Evanuzel is telling us. In other words, let's go back. The, 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 what's nishadesh, this mitzvah, of a ima, v'karv v'koyim again, two levels of interpretation. First level is physically. He has a sefer Torah, wherever he goes, it goes. Second level of interpretation, this is a giloi, a revelation that the mitzvah Talmud Torah for a king is unique, is that the mitzvah Talmud Torah for a king obligates Messias Nefesh to learn. You have to be Messias Nefesh to learn. Okay, that's the halacha. That's what I was telling us and so on. That's how the Evanazel is interpreting it. Okay, what, we, but why? Like, what's the nakuda? What's the nakuda? What's the nakuda? And, 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 and it's interesting. We have to also go back and sort of reconnect these two levels of interpretation. The, the, a second Sefer Torah. This second Sefer Torah, again, on one level, it's literally a second Sefer Torah, and it's also, sort of metaphorically speaking, reflective of this intensification of learning with Messiris Nefesh. But why would this intensification of learning with Messiris Nefesh be represented by another Sefer Torah? I mean, it's the same Sefer Torah, it's the same... It's everyone else. It's just he's pushing himself to learn at times that other people are puttering. But no, it's, it's, it's being described and it's reflective of another Sefer Torah. So what is that? Okay, so this is an idea that we find in Therapenim um, Satara. We'll see in a second how Ritzadik brings it out. But it's, this is just one example. It's in many, many places. There are two different levels to learning. We're talking about learning in general. All, all myths is in truth, but learning in particular. There's two different levels to what, to, to, to what the experience of Talmud Torah can be. Let's put it that way. One level of the experience of Talmud Torah is you're learning. In other words, this is, this is Chachma. This is not just uh, this is Hashem's wisdom. This is unbelievably deep, important, holy, divine knowledge. And you're learning information. And that's what you're doing. It's uh, that, that we're familiar with. Okay, no. And obviously, when you go into learning in such a way, so you're going in with the right intentions. You're, 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 why, am I lear- why am I sitting out to learn? Because it's Rabbanu Shalom's Torah. And I know that by learning, I'm going to be more connected to Rabbanu Shalom. I'm becoming more davik to Hashem. But then there's another level of Torah. There's a deeper experience that Torah itself contains, which is what by the Svarim, it's described as a Torah of an experience of Yehudim. There's such a thing that's called learning, and then there's learning as it's an experience of yichud between you and the Bari Island. So there's one type of, you know, there's one level, like, again, this is a site that I've been talking about maybe last week, a bunch of shirim, it was revolving on this, Nakud, even last week, I think, uh, when we learned about the sugya of, um, of the Urvatumim, right? So we saw that, I, I mentioned then, that according to Rishonim, Torah itself is really multi-layered. On the one hand, the, the external layer that we experience is what? It's Brejus Barlikim. It's the Shemayim Vesar. It's the words of Torah, Chachmas Hashem. And it tells us how to live and how to do mitzvahs. And it's Lil Marulame, Lishma Vlasas, Lukayim. But then there's a deeper level of the Torah itself, which is that it's just all divine names. Just all Shemus Akdash. 
And to a certain degree, what you're doing in that, when you're learning, if, if so, so let's put it this way, what would learning look like? And what would the experience, how would we describe that experience if we were living on that more internal plane? So what would that look like? That would be look like that would be what it would look like is a person just completely meditating and contemplating on Hashem's name, and what would the purpose of that be? So that would be similar to let's say like uh, the example of you know again in this world we have relationships to friends or husband and wife and so on, where it's just them like just looking at each other, and sometimes when you have two close friends or let's say a husband and wife. Sometimes they're talking about other zachen, and sometimes they're just, they're just together. They don't have to talk about anything else. And sometimes they're just uh, mentioning each other's names and just talking about each other, talking with each other. Not about anything else, just, just talking to. It's an experience of yichud. By the mekubalim, by the tzaddikim, when they have uh, kavanas, what, what are kavanas? What are you? In, in, by the Arizal, there's a whole sugya, there's a whole section of his writings that's called Sharuch Hakadosh. It's a section about Yehudim. Yehudim are the things that we do during the day, but to have in mind the shemas haktoshim that are embedded in the experience, and that that's not learning anything new per se. You're not learning uh, any new halachas from that experience, but that's called an experience of Yehud. An experience of Yehud. So Torah itself is multi-layered. There's a Torah of what? There's a Torah of Chachma, of where the words are, you gain more information, more knowledge, more clarity about how to, how to go through life, how to do mitzvahs and so on. But then there's a deeper level of Torah itself, which is Yichud. Just the experience of Iskashras with Ein Saif. The experience of Iskashras. The, uh, the come with that. It's like what the Ramchal writes in Derech Hashem when it comes to being a Navi. The Ramchal says that one of the basic differences between our Nevi'im and the prophets of, of Avodah Zarah was that by Avodah Zarah or, or Nevi Sheker was that their primary goal in training was to be able to learn about the future and to gain knowledge. Sedar Amchal, but by a Navi, by, by, the, by, by our Navi, and if that was the purpose, he wouldn't be able to make it through the program. The very purpose of a Navi was not to gain information. The purpose of the Navi, the, the goal of the Navi was to experience Elokos, was to be in that place of Yichud Kutsha to become one with God and, for, and to experience that Yichud between his Neshama and the Rabbani Shalom. What comes with that as a side effect is, certain, is certainly knowledge and information. The more bonding you have with the Ein Saif, then certainly the more you know as well. But that's not the point. The point is not the wisdom, the point is the experience of Yichud. The, the, the experience of, 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 of you know, the, the, the goal of experiencing life in that context of everything being Shemus Akhtoshim and being, and, you know, and, and the world itself being uh, reinterpreted as just one big experience of Hiskashras with Urbanishalm, that's the point. Information comes with that, certainly, but that's, that's, that's secondary to the experience of Yichud. Now, let's see how Rabbi puts this. And this is going to be what we're going to see in a second. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll share with you the, the basic idea. For the average Jew, that highest level, as you know, what we're seeing is that there are two safer tires. There are two safer tires. There's a safer tire which is Chachmas Hashem, Bereshis Bar And then there's another, then there's the tire in its deeper experience, which is an experience of Yichud, of Iskashras. That's what the safer, that's what tire is. Now for the average Jew, we can't obligate an average Jew to be involved in that deeper level of, of experience. For the average Jew, that's uh, the best we can ask for in terms of obligation is 
to learn Chachmas Hashem as much as possible, and to go into learning with the right mindset of that this is Hashem's Taira, it's not a human being's Taira, and I'm doing this for the purposes of, of getting closer to Hashem. But the actual experience is one focused on information. What we're going to see is, is that the king is not like that. The king, the obligation of the king is, to be, beyond the regular citizen, is that his avoida is to be miskasher, that deeper experience of Taira of Yehudim. That's the king's obligation. So we're going to see where you know, we still have to see where Mr. Snefesh comes in. We haven't we haven't plugged that that puzzle piece in, and then we'll see why this is unique to David. We'll see about that in a second. But this is step one: that the chiv of the chiv of Talmud Torah for the king is the, the pnimius is is that it's an, an experience of yichud. Okay, and we'll see how Mr. Snefesh comes into this in a second. But take a look at. Uh, and we're mucking number five again. So this is Rav Tzadik and Sefer Zechariah. So we'll be able to read through this quickly, hopefully. He says like this: A person that has reached a level of dvekas Hashem, like a navi, that type. And obviously, to get to that deeper level, you have to you have to go through a lifetime, you know, of learning and mitzvahs and so on. The person has reached that that level of the early chasidim. Then you could live in that way, in that way, and just be Isaac and thinking about Hashem's names and meditating on Hashem's names. And even if it means you're not opening any you know, the safer, you're just literally meditating on Yudke Vavke all day long. Says Ratzadik, that's fine. That's 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 not that that that's not not learning. It's not Bittel Torah. That's uh, Adraba. That's the deeper layer of Torah. You can be involved the whole day in just contemplating and meditating and be makash yourself to Hashem's name, imagining the whole universe is just Hashem's name, Yudke Vavke. One of the one of the meditations that we find in the in in in, in the early early Kabbalah Svarim is to imagine one of Hashem's names. You have to have a good imagination for this, but uh, and imagine that every letter literally encompasses the whole universe. Like to imagine like. You know, you know, like like if you like you if you imagine like yourself zooming out. So there's the you know you're over here. Then you zoom out. You see the room and you see you know the street, the neighborhood, the country. V'chulu, 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 and like the letter Shin from Shaka is is like that. And doubt such a kavana. You can spend it says Ratzadik once a person has reached that level of what of uh, of chesedim reshainim, you could do that all day long. Even if it takes away from a person's learning, but that's uh, that's for, uh, that's for unique people. The average person, the average person, our connection to Rabbi Shalom is It's by learning in a normal way, in a, not normal, but in an earthly way, doing mitzvahs in an earthly way. And by thinking before you learn, and by the time of the bracha, we say brachas atayra. To remind yourself that the Rabbanu Shalom is the one that's telling me to put on sitzes, and he's telling me to light Shabbos candles, and he's telling me to uh, to learn, and so on. And I'm trying to have in mind to fulfill his, his mitzvahs. And that's the real reason why I'm learning, and that's the reason why I'm, why I'm doing the mitzvahs. But but very earth, earthly bound. And then as long as you're learning and as long as you're doing the mitzvah, that's not called forgetting Hashem. You're still in the context of, of remembering Hashem. But again, we're talking about, you're still seeing the words, 
You know, the Cholzman Shadam in Inakia Daim, Yasata Sayyatsar, Taivas Gufni, Svechandas Alamaza, and as long as a person is still caught up in the Yatsar and things of this world, Havada Yevshul Al Hasik Dveka Sakhar Tamidi, Zulsa De Esakatar, Shutav and Yatsar, then this is the way they have to do it. You have to just learn normally, and that's the way to, uh, to handle life. But after a person has refined themselves and got to that place of what? Of uh, purity. Then what? Then Then spend all day long thinking about Shem Saktash. That's what you do. That's what you do. This is what it says in the Medrash. The Adam after 120, they ask you, no, you learn Chumash, you learn Navi, you learn Shas. And so on. And then after they ask you if you've learned Kol uh, Kula, and hopefully the answer is yes, then what's the question? Did you gaze upon the chariot? Do you know how the Kisei Kovit stands, where it sits, where is it? What does that mean? And that's not just like, okay, we saved the best for last. It means that like, okay, if you've taka spent your time learning regular Nigla, okay, so now the next step, the next step is, so did he get to that higher level of Dvekas, of Yichud, of Yichudim? And the Zara Kaddish, we have we find many discussions about this. The Av Zen says Rat Sadik, and the truth is, Zemichwal Isakatoru Alam. This is also called Tar. Adraba, this is in truth. This is what Tyra is. You're peeling back the layers and you're getting to that deeper level of what Tyra is. We're not just thinking about the Hashem abstract. You're thinking about Shemus Akdashim, which is also from Tyra. So it's obviously, it's, it's Torah itself. It's just the, 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 the purity of Torah, the deeper layer of Torah. It's the hidden part of Torah. So let's go back. So, so, so this is what the, 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 the premise of what the obligation of the king is. Now let's go back to explain why therefore Messias Nefesh is the key. In order to experience, here's the claw. Again, every, every single piece of this is a, really a schmooze by itself. So we're not, I'm not going to have time anymore to do this. But one of the basic principles in the Kisveri is that in order for a person to experience a yichud, in order for any yichud to take place, a bond to take place, it has to come with Mesir's Nefesh. It has to come with Mesir's Nefesh. This is true on, an earth, on a human level. In order for people to truly say that they love each other and to truly say that they're in a state of shalom bayis and yichud between one and the other, each one has to have gone through Mesir's Nefesh. The Gemara says, Ahava dechekes is a basar. That a way to know a simon, an indication of true love, is whether you are willing to put yourself in an uncomfortable position because of that person. Ahava dechekes is a basar. Love pushes flesh in a tight space. Dechekes is a basar. In other words, Messiris Nefesh is the necessary ingredient to allow a yichud to happen. This is true physically. And this is true in the highest level, in the Kavanas, by the Rashash, and the Makubalim, this is standard, that every time a person wants to have Kavanas and experience what's called a Yichud, there is a Hakdama, there's an intro Kavana that you have first. What's the intro Kavana? The intro to Kavana is to have in mind that you're willing to die, Al Kiddush Hashem, with all the Dalad Mises Bezdin. Skila, Streifa, Herak, Vichanak. You have that kavana that Rabbanu Shalom, I'm willing to die al Kiddush Hashem in any way it might be for your sake. That's the intro, that's the kavana, the introduction kavana, and then you have the yichud. There are certain kavanas that we have for for what this means a yichud between Hashem and the neshama, and uh, that's with Hanukkah is coming close to Rosh Chodesh Kislev. The need of Ner is uh, connected to that, and 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 that's why by Hanukkah, it's a, it's a but uh, the the kavana for a yichud is thinking of the combination of, 
of the following names. Yudkevavke Eke, Yudkevavke Elokim, Yudkevavke Adnai. Those are the six names, six generations of that is the kavanah to have to experience a yichud between Kutchabrich, between the Rabbanishim and Yernisham. It's the, those six names. The gematria of those six names is the word ner, candle. And so the holding of Hanukkah, which is ner, ner Hanukkah, is revolving on this in the yichud. That's why it's not a coincidence that Hanukkah was a yontif that came to us because of Messias Nefesh. Kipshutai, that Kwa Yisrael through the Hashemunayim had to literally go to war and, die, and, and be willing to die al Kiddush Hashem. The, the Hashemunayim didn't think they were going to win. It's a nace that they won. Looking back, oh, we would have joined the team. We would have joined the team. It was six people, whatever it was. They thought they were dying. They thought they were just going, it was a suicide mission. So it was Messias Nefesh. That's Messias Nefesh that results in Ner, in, in Yichud. So let's go back. Where the Evan Ozil is telling us, again, let's, 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 let's see. The Evan Ozil is telling us, what's the Chir? What's unique to the Avodis Hashem that a king has over the Avodis Hashem of an average Jew? The average Jew is chayv to serve the Rabbanishim, to learn, do mitzvahs. The chiv of the king is to do it with Messias Nefesh. Why? It's because the, because the pnimius of the avayt of the king is to have a second Sefer Torah. The pnimius of the avayt of the king is to experience Yiddishkeit in a way of yichud, and in order for a yichud to happen, it has to come with an avayt of Messias Nefesh. That's why it's interesting. The halacha, the, the, the halacha cannot dictate the king. See, when we talk about the halachas, the Ramam is telling us, the, there, there's, there's, so there's two parts of the king. There's the Messias Nefesh quality, and then there's the Yichud quality. The Yichud quality is not expressed in the halacha, because it can't be. It's, it's, un, it's uneffable. You can't say it. it, it, it that, the, the arena of halacha is the first day for Torah. You understand? There's no halacha that's, that expresses and explains the experience of the king when he's learning or when he's davening. All halacha can, can express to us is the first kavana that the king has to have to allow him to enter into that second zivitar. And that's the kavana of Messias Nefesh. That's what the is telling us in the Rambam. The halacha tells us, the halacha for the king is to prepare himself for that yichud. What the yichud is, halacha can't say. Because it's just an experience that the king has to have. There are no words to be put for it. But that's the that's the the side of the of Avodas Hashem by the Melech is a yichud which is which is which is a result of that Avodah Mesiris Nefesh. So let's let's go back. This is why, by the way, when the Rambam said that the preoccupation of the king has to be with Torah and Sarchi Yisrael, Shenemar v'Hoisim of Akar Mechai. So yes, that pasuk. How does that pasuk tell us Sarchi Yisrael? It tells us Torah. The Rambam says that from that pasuk, you see his preoccupation is Torah and Sarchi Yisrael. The answer is. Maybe one can suggest that on a, on a, on a deeper level, the need of yichud is what? A real yichud is that you can't tell the difference between one, where one person begins and the other person ends. Where it's uh, like the famous uh, statement was, Rabbi Levine, right? My wife's foot is hurting off, right? So it's like, I don't know where one person ends, one person begins. Torah and Tzarech Yisrael. Torah is God's wisdom. That's the Rabbanu Shalom. Tzarech Yisrael is the Yid. I don't know where one begins, one ends. A Torah of Yichud is a Torah that doesn't see a difference between the Rabbanu Shalom and the Yid, Kivyachal. Doesn't see the difference. Like, Tzarech Yisrael and Torah, it's a Zelbazach. That's an indication, of, like, I, like I've mentioned many, many times, the real simon of a person growing in, in Avayda Pnimis is whether they're becoming more humble and more in love with Yidin at the same time. Are you becoming a bigger Av Yisrael or Chas Hashem less Av Yisrael? If your learning results in less Av Yisrael, it means you're stuck in that first Sefer Torah. And I know more words than that guy. 
But if you're learning in that way of Pneumius, of Yichud, which, is, which, is, which requires Mesir's Nefesh, then the result is, I can't see the difference between where the Rabbanu Shalom ends and Nishmas Yisrael begins. And so Mimela, I love the Rabbanu Shalom and I love Yidin because of that as well. And so the, the Ram is telling us the king has to be preoccupied with, with the Rabbanu Shalom and Yidin, because it has to be a state of Yichud. That's why it's so, that's why it's, it's, it's always, it's always waking up Mamish by Chatzais, because the Yichud means there's, no, there's nothing else but that. <clears throat> Let's go back one final Nakuda. The, the way Rav Tzaddik presented it is that for the average person, in order to get to that second Sefer Torah, you have to be Mamish like a Malach, like Chesidim Rishayim. So the question is, it's amazing, so after all this is said and done, it means that a king skips steps, basically, right? So for the average person, every single one of us, is spo- eventually can get to that second Sefer Torah, but it takes a lifetime of Avodah Hashem. All of a sudden, Dovmach says, Shamar Nafshiki Chasidani, and finished, I'm in that place of Yichud. I, what, how did he do that? What was the trick? So this is where, this is where we find an unbelievable eights, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago already, the unbelievable power and school that comes with being dedicated to Klal Yisrael. The dedication that a, that, that a person has for Tzar Chitzibor automatically has a way of excelling the process, of getting a person to graduate quickly. Take a look at Marmok number six. This is a famous piece for the Naimeli Melech, the Rebbe Melech of Lezhensk. And he's talking about a particular question. The question is that uh, every mitzvah that we do is supposed to bring Kedusha to us. So, Frek the Nami Melch, he asks the question, so the problem is, if a person did Naveirach HaSashon with a certain limb of the body, then that means that that body is spiritually polluted. So then that limb is then going to be able to do a mitzvah and bring Kedusha. How could Tayyot Vasharetz be How could a mitzvah be accomplished with, your, with a person's arm if that arm also did Naveirach? So says the Nimelech like this, How can we do anything holy with our limbs? If Averis were done as well, and that limb became, became damaged. The answer is, the Tikkun is as follows, When a person sees themselves and lives a life of where you're dedicated to other Yidin and to Klal Yisrael, that automatically brings you to a, to a bigger space that's called Klal Yisrael. And when you're in that bigger space that's called Klai Yisrael, then you're above the particular flaws of you as an individual. And there's a certain process of growth that a person has to go through as an individual to clean yourself out, to free yourself from the taivas and the gashmas of this world, and only then can you get to that second Sefer Torah. But there is a way of accelerating the process or by, or, or, or sort of you know, uh, uh, circumventing the whole need of going through years of Avaidus Hashem to become more refined and less connected to the Eight Sahara, that's by what? Is by just becoming an altogether different person. And what's that person that you have to become that doesn't have a Klai Yisrael? Klai Yisrael doesn't have problems. Klai Yisrael doesn't have a Yitzhar. You as individuals have a Yitzhar. So, But if you become a Klai Yisrael like a person, then automatically, then, then that results in basic, that equals a lifetime of other session. What would usually take a lifetime for the person as an individual to disconnect himself from all the tithes of this world to earn the right to enter into the second Sefer Torah, you can do that by just becoming a Klai Yisrael like a person. And as a Klai Yisrael like a person, those Yitzharas only exist as, to an individual. They don't exist on that collective on that collective level. So the more you become that collective person, 
then more automatically you just circumvented years of Avaidah, and now you could have the right of getting to the second Sefer Torah. It's Davka because he's the king. It's Davka because he's a David Melch who is dedicated to Klai Yisrael. That's exactly the reason why we can say that he's obligated to have a second Sefer Torah. The average person, you can't obligate that because that takes years of avoid. Who says you're going to get there? But automatically, because he's a klal dekiyid, automatically that means that he's uh, already holding by such a thing. So he says, Kiyesh oilam anikr kol Yisrael. There's a universe. There's a, there's a reality. It's called klal Yisrael. Va'oilam u'shalim b'lishon p'gam. And that universe is perfect. Kiklolis Yisrael him sadikim. Therefore, even if an individual person makes mistakes, the klal is always holy. If a person connects himself to the klal, then that limb all of a sudden transcended its own personal problems. And that's the avoid of a melech. Because he's a melech, that's why he's obligated to have a second Sefer Torah. Maybe this is why, just to go back and to end with one last thing, the Rambam in, in Marmachim number 2 introduced this whole mitzvah of having a second Sefer Torah with the following sentence, When the king is established on his throne, he has a second Sefer Torah. What do you mean, when he established? What does that mean? He's a melech, he has a second Sefer Torah. I mean, he has to wait until he... The Rambam is hinting to us, is this musig, is it to have a second Sefer Torah... It means that you have to you have to be sitting on a throne. In other words, you have to embrace that personality of a king. The personality of a king is someone that's dedicated to the cloud, to the kingdom. That's a person that can have a second sefer Torah. But once he's still uh, just a kid, you know, focused on his shiny shoes, just happens to be there super duper shiny because he's the king. He doesn't have a second sefer Torah. That's not his ending yet. But once he becomes, he sits on the throne as he's establishing himself as he starts living a life of malchus. Which means Klal Yisrael, then he has a second Sefer Torah. That's the advice. That's what David Melch says. Shomer Nafshi, Kichasadani. Going back, by the way, just very much, but kids, it's already late. That's what a Chasidus was about. What's Chasidus? Chasidus is about trying to to introduce it, to reintroduce the Jewish people to that second Sefer Torah. It's Yiddishkeit of Yichud, Yiddishkeit of Yichudim of Eskashos of Dvekas. That's what that that's what it means, and that comes with a serious nefesh. That's that's the term. That's the term Chasid. And so that's what David Melch was saying, Shem Rinashim Chasim, you know, Hashem Shalap us, then the Chasim Baal Shem Tev, and all the Tzadik Yames, who tried to reintroduce Klai Yisrael to that Yichud, Taka the Malchus, based on it, should be re-established, Barachimim, Bakar Vimenu, Vyaskal Tzadik, Meir Vimenu, Amen.